at home group, I'm going to share something, and I'm not, I don't even care. We were asking, we asked what our gifts were, and Gloria Colonna said, I don't think I have any gifts. And I said, I would beg to differ with you. I said, you raised four kids that all love the Lord, and one is with the Lord, and the other three are raising up kids that follow the Lord. And so you have a gift somewhere or another, because they are, the next generation is coming up, and they are doing a great job, and so you have done something right somewhere, and you should be very, very proud. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians again tonight, uh, where we were this morning. We're going to figure out what is this, this love. If, if we're supposed to love, we need to figure out what it is, and it keeps going. And so let's all stand in honor of God's Word. We're going to read the same thing we did this morning. I'm going to read out of the NIV, and then I'm going to switch over to the uh, uh, Amplified. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always loves, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, there will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I came and became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Let's pray. Lord, we ask tonight that you would just come. And Father, you have said we are to love one another, and we need to know what that looks like, not so that we can try harder, but so that we can give you those places in our lives where we know are not exactly like that. And Father, we all know our weaknesses, and if we don't know them, Father, we ask that you would come and convict our hearts. And Father, you are bringing conviction on my heart, and you are showing me uh, places where I I need to change and, and love you more. And I thank you, Lord, that you don't just give up on us, but that you continue to speak into our hearts. So Father, tonight, I pray that you would come and you would speak, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So it talks about in here, and we get down into verse 5 here, and I'm going to start in verse 5, and we're going to, uh, we didn't get very far this morning. The, the, it doesn't take long to, uh, it, the, these, these verses say a lot, and so uh, you don't have to go very far to get a lot. So it is, if you get into uh, verse 5, and if you read in, in the NIV, it says it's not rude. It says, uh, it's talking about love. It says, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. And I want you to know, if you are outside and if you go anywhere, there is a vast amount of rude today. I mean, there is a, if I could turn rude into food, the world hunger problem would be ended. I mean, like that, because there's a lot of rude out there. People are just rude. Okay, and so I need to figure out how to do that. And in church, this is where, and in the home, is where we need to teach how we treat each other. How do we treat people? How do, when, the, when the Word talks about honoring your father and mother and things like that, that's where we learn that. And we learn that when we honor our father and mother, that and when kids learn to honor their father and mother, they get to they learn to honor people in general. And that's why God makes that. Uh, command. And so this is where we learn that in our home. And we need to be continuously teaching, 
to when we are when we are or people that are putting others first, then we do not then we are not rude. Okay? If you are thinking about yourself if you're thinking about others, then you think about where you uh, how you drive or how you go through the store. We were in the store today and, and I was trying to get my cart where I would not be in somebody's way. Do you ever go you ever go to Sam's and they just pull the cart and just block the whole thing? And Cindy just runs into him and pushes him, but, but I don't want to be that way. But no, but I mean, there's plenty of room for both. Let's come on now. And we need to think about how is where I'm at and what I'm doing affecting those around me. How can I help those people around me? And that needs to be our thought because that's what love is. And we show, and we need to show that in everything we do and everywhere we're at. We need to be thinking of others. And it says, if you go on in, in the Amplified in verse 5, it says, it does not act unbecomingly. God's love is in it, and it does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. So it doesn't insist on its own rights. If we have become Christians, here's the deal. If we are Christians, we have given up all right to ourselves. We have given all of us to God, and we don't have rights anymore. Uh, and if you've signed up for the life of God, you've signed up like Job says, bless me, kill me. I'm going to follow you. And we don't have rights anymore. But in the world we live in, we all have, God just, I mean, people just say we have rights all the time. And we're always worried about what our rights are. And, and uh, people are, we are, think we're supposed to fight for our rights and all these things. But in the Christian world, love does not have rights rights and this is huge and 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 i'm this way i want i want we want everybody to know what our rights are we want everybody to know uh, if i was wronged or or we want everybody to make sure that we know my side of our story of, of the story and when unsaved people hear church people talking about other church people the way we talk about them then we have stomped and how they have stomped on our rights then we sound like everybody else because that's the way the world is. The world always is telling how I've been wronged or how I've done this or how I've done that. And when we're that way in the church, then we sound especially like everybody else. So be careful and don't insist on your rights. Do you have rights? Yes. But Paul says, don't argue that you have rights. Love does not insist on having its own rights. Jesus never insisted on his rights. As he was God, he had the right to everything and everybody. But he never insisted on that. He never insisted on his rights, and he, he was God. And so we need to think about that and how, that when, if we really follow God, that we don't have rights. Jesus went on his way, and he never did. Think about this. He never flaunted his kingship. He never said, I'm God. I'll do what I want to do. I'll, I can do these things. Or uh, I was thinking about the, that guy this morning. Just think about Jesus at a, at, a, at, at a dinner party. And as I thought about the way that guy talked about that this morning, I thought about when Jesus was at the, Mary, the, at the wedding at Canaan in Galilee. And everything's going on, and he knows they've run out of wine. And he's not over there in the corner going, I could turn all the water into wine. He doesn't say anything. 
Jesus can fix everything and he does not say a word. And when his mother comes to him and says, dude, no, man, that's not what she said. She didn't say dude, but she said, she said, guys, do whatever he says. How does Jesus react to her? He is like, I I really didn't want anybody to know about this. Think about if you were Jesus. What, what, What would you... I'm afraid I would want everybody to know. I'm afraid I would be like, boom, and drop the mic. You know, I can, look what I can do. I can walk on water. I can turn it into wine. I can turn it into Mountain Dew. It's 2,000 years from now, but this is what's coming down the road. And they would have been like, it would have changed the course of history. But he could have done that, but he didn't. So Jesus, look how Jesus sets back. Jesus always sets back. Jesus does not push Jesus out to the front so that everybody can see. He comes and he speaks when he's supposed to, but he does not flaunt who he is. And I think at the wedding is one of the greatest things ever because he is so set back. He could have jumped in there and said, I can fix everything. But his mother has to pull him out because he is so set back. And I think that's how God wants us to be. God wants us to put him forward and not ourselves forward. Okay, so it goes on. Uh, and I think, I think people would be drawn to that. So if you keep on reading in the Amplified, I love this part. It's talking about love. It is not tough. Have you got this up there? It is not touchy. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Have you ever, have you ever walked up to someone and go, Boy, you are touchy touchy you if you listen to the if the if you listen to the news everybody is like just waiting for someone to to hurt their feelings i mean and and these people these people on on the news are losing their jobs left and right over these little things that don't amount to a hill of beans but they've hurt somebody's feelings people are touchy and that's not what jesus says and paul says that's not what love is. When, uh, when we were young, young pastors uh, here at church, uh, some of you remember Bill Williams. Bill Williams was about this tall. <laughs> he, was, he was from New York, from Schenectady, New York. From Schenectady, New York. He had, he had a hook nose, and his, he was as thick in his chest as he, he was just this thick all the way through. I mean, when he was a young man, I guarantee you he was a stout young man. And he was a retired pastor. He had pastored this church. And Cindy and I hadn't been here very long. And before I had come to this church, I had taken a date. Not, not, I had, not a date. I had, I, had, I had reserved a date in Iowa to do a, a, uh, a NYI thing. I was speaking at an NYI thing, and it was, we were going to be gone over a Sunday. And so I had been gone one other Sunday, and when I was gone and told everybody I was going to be gone, then no one came to church, and so I just thought, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to be gone, and I'll have the preacher there, and just a few people will know, and and we'll be fine. So we were gone over the Sunday and uh, came back, and Cindy was over in Walmart parking lot when Walmart was over here where the Orchland is. And she pulled up, and Bill Williams pulled up to her, and I mean Bill Williams just started in on her. And he said, he said, 
I never went anywhere without telling anybody where I was going. He said, I didn't go to the bathroom without telling my secretary where I was going. And he just, rah, 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 rah. and we lived, oh, you know, the, the old parsonage used to be right over there by that corner. And, and so that's where we lived. And so Cindy comes back home and she walks through the door and she's just bawling. I mean, she's just bawling. And she's like, but where is this? I'm just like, all right. So Bill Williams lived out in Niagara. And I went out to Bill's house. I said, look, Bill. And I said, I said, I'm sorry. I said, that's not what we meant to do. I said, I didn't mean, I just, we didn't mean to hurt your feelings. We didn't mean to do anything like that. I said, my wife's home bawling. And Bill just broke down. He's just like, oh, I didn't mean to make your wife cry. I'm sorry, you know. And Bill Williams was one of my best friends from that moment on. Because he, it hurt him that he had hurt my wife. And so Cindy was talking to, and some of you know her, but some of you don't know her, um, Jean Gott. And Jean Gott has, and I believe it's a spiritual gift. She can tell you exactly what's wrong with you, and you like it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she could come up to you and say, you are the worst dresser I've ever seen. You'd be like, I know, I'm sorry. I, I, just, I can't help it. She used to come to me all the time and go, you are fat. What is wrong with you? No, she wouldn't do that. But Jean, if you didn't know Jean, she had, uh, what is it, when macular degeneration. Is that what it is? She can only see like this. She's like has tunnel vision. So you could walk up right beside her and she wouldn't. No, and I would walk up beside her all the time and go, hey, and she would just, ah, you know. But anyway, Cindy was telling Jean Gott what had happened to her. And Jean says, well, sister, you're going to have to get some thicker skin. And Cindy was like, yeah, don't wear your feelings on your sleeve. You can't be so touchy. And Cindy was able, and she said, she said I'm going to remember that. She said, you're right. I mean, I mean, Jean was like, I don't know if, if Cindy thought she was going to get uh, some, uh, what is it, when they, some, some sympathy, but you didn't get any sympathy, did you? She was like, well, this is the way you're going to have to be. You know why? Because love isn't touchy. Love's not touchy. You've got to be able to take some stuff. And love, and love is strong enough to take hurt and to say, you know what? that's probably not what they meant. I'm going to go on. And it's hard. And it is hard because we live in an age when things are touchy. But I love this scripture here. I love this, the way this, love's not touchy. Love is not touchy. And then it says, if you keep going with there, it is not touchy or resentful or fretful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to the suffering. That means it doesn't keep a record. It doesn't keep a record, all right? I have here, this is a record book. It said, you know how I know it's a record book? Because it says record right on the top. This is a record, all right? And uh, this is a record of all the things that Cindy has done wrong to me. I've been writing it down for 30-some years. She has a 23-volume set of these. <laughs> it looks like an encyclopedia on the uh, old, on the, no. But I think sometimes it's just like this. Something happens to us, and we're like, yeah, I remember when that, I remember when that happened. And I remember, and we talked about this morning, when Cindy and I first were married, and she was telling somebody the other day, we're, we're a lot better fighters now than we used to be. Because when we were first, when, I mean, now we discuss things. 
and we, and we figure things out, and we don't try to hurt each other. But when we were first married, we'd go along, and we would be talking and discussing the actual issue. And then one of us, one of us, one of us would pull out the old record book. And then I would pull out my record book. Well, you and you and, and then and you and then well and you and then we and then when you do that, then you're not even talking about the issue anymore. And, I'm, and I'll tell you, I have watched this. I have watched it in my office as we talk with people, and we'll get about to the right place where we're actually getting to the issue of what's wrong in a relationship or something like that and we're just to the place where we're just about ready to okay we're really going to talk about this and we're about to regularly fix something up and they'll pull out the record book and as soon as it happens you might as well just you might because it's over when the record book comes out what you're trying to figure out is over the discussion is over that you're not going to be able to go back because you're going to, they pulled out the record book and and then one's going to talk and the other's going to talk and it's going to be and, and you're t- and you're talking about something that happened way back when and it's over and love cannot keep the record book because as soon as you do you're you're off the thing so you have to be able to get rid of the record book and uh and you have to and and that's what and and you know how i know that it's wrong you know how i know that it's wrong because that's what satan does satan keeps a record and you can be going along and you can be following god and you can be doing everything that god wants you to do and satan will go you remember when you did I can't believe you did that. That's what's, that's what's, you know what? God doesn't do that. You ever think about that? God never comes and goes, remember that, remember that thing you asked me to forgive you about 15 years ago? You remember that? God never does that. God doesn't keep the old record book. He's just like, man, I'm so glad you did that. And, and forget, and I forgave you for that. And I'm, that's gone. God never pulls out the record book satan pulls out the record book and i want you to know if you get tempted when we're in love we're tempted to pull out the record book don't pull out the record book leave the record book alone because that's what satan does he does not rejoice in injustice uh never never get to the place where when something bad happens to somebody, you say, well, they're getting what they deserve. Folks, God does not want us to get what we deserve. I do not want what I deserve. I don't want to get what I deserve. And we should not want for others to get what they deserve either. And then you keep on going. It says, love bears up under anything. Love is able to... There's no situation that God can't help you overcome. Now... You can't control the other person, but love in you can bear up against anything, against anything that comes up. And then this is a, this is a hard one. 
if, if you read in the Amplified, it says, it is ever ready to believe the best of every, this is in verse 7, ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless, fadeless, even under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. It is ready to believe the best of every person. I'm telling you what, this is a hard one. To believe the best of everybody. Because in the world we live in, it's really easy to believe the worst or expect the worst. And uh, and God calls us and love calls us. I mean, because it's easier to, to believe the worst in people, isn't it? But God calls us to believe the best. And boy, it's hard when when people... Uh, when people are really good at letting you down, uh, it's hard to believe the best. But I heard a really good sermon this week, and I got one really good quote. It says, be careful not to judge people's motives. I think we see sometimes part of what they do, and we're like, why do they do that? They've done this, and this is their motive. And I want to be ter- be, you got to be very careful not to judge people's motives. And uh, I and Cindy is helping me. She is my helper, and especially when we drive. And I've been as as God's been doing this with me. She's she's helping me to not be as aggravated at people when we drive. And so the other night she was gone. <laughs> if she would just drive, it would just help everything. That would be better. So the other night she's gone. And so I came into the KFC and I ordered me a chicken dinner. Had 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 mashed potatoes and gravy, and I was I had it all sitting on my seat over here. And I was eating a chicken leg. I was eating a chicken leg, and I was driving out DD Highway. And I see all these cars just keep pulling out, and they're pulling out. And none of them are stopping at that stop sign at that little place. And I think, well, this next car is going to stop. And it pulls. I mean, pulls right out in front of me. And I mean, I just had to stand on it to keep from running into I mean it was just and all my chicken dinner goes right in the floor gravy and everything and I got this chicken bone I just I know I didn't throw it but I was just like I mean I was just I mean I was just shaking and I turned the light on in there and my chicken dinner all over the floor Man, so they, I mean, they're going down DD. And I'm thinking, and Cindy had just read something to me, my helper, she's my helper, about maybe that person that did this has had something bad happen to them today. Maybe that person who has done that has had something awful happen. You don't know why they did that or what they, maybe there's something going on. So I'm like, okay. So I keep driving and I get out there and I look in front of me and there's, I started counting. There's 14 cars in front of me on DD highway. I've lived out there almost two years. I've never seen 14 cars altogether in two years. There's never 14 cars on DD highway. Is there ever, never. These people live there. I'm like, why is there 14 cars from here to Bill Dykes bridge? Where, why is there 14 cars out there? So I'm thinking, and I thought, they're going to the scout camp. They're going to the scout camp. That's where they're going. And I thought, and that guy 
was out here, he don't have any idea where he's at. He's following somebody. And he's afraid that if he loses that person, he ain't going to find the scout camp. And all of a sudden, it starts making sense to me because we've all followed somebody and we're like, oh, I can't, I can't lose my person. If I lose my person, I'm not going to find them. And so I, I'm starting to have a little bit of sympathy for this guy. And then I'm thinking, it's colder than all get out out here. He's going to be sleeping in a tent tonight. He's worked all day. He's probably rushed to get to this place. And he's got to spend the night with his kid out here in the cold. And by the time we got around there in that S corner there, it's backed up all the And there's 12 cars backed up. And I'm like, I felt sorry for the guy by the time I got there. I was like, this poor guy's worked all day and he's had to come do this with his kid and he's going to sleep in the cold. And he was just trying to find his way. I felt sorry for him. And then I started trying to sop my gravy up off the floor with my biscuit and then I didn't know. But I start, I start, God has called us shut up i you you i know what you you are not nice i don't like you oh oh i know i know exactly what you're Lindsay. you're a bad person you're i can't believe the good in you you are bad oh you make me mad Lindsay. Lindsay. oh you're awful I've got to quit now because she has flabbergasted me because she's thinking about something dumb that I did a long time ago and it's not funny. Shut up. It was long enough ago. Oh, I don't like you. Anyway, it endures under everything. It endures under your children's scrutiny. And then I love this part right here. I can't even finish verse 9 for our knowledge is incomplete and imperfect here's the deal here's the deal Lindsay's ruined it but here's the deal we <laughs> we don't know everything what it what what looks like one way may not be the way that it is you know what I'm saying and the word says we don't know everything we don't know anything. You never know the whole story. You never know the whole story. And we need to have mercy and love. And love, it says, and I've, I'm saying it again, Jesus says, love's how people's going to know. Love is how people's going to know. And I want to encourage you to go back through on this 13. And if this is how people are going to know, then this is what it's got to look like in my life. And it won't, I'm going to tell you, it will not happen overnight. It talks about, he says, forming and changing, and, and God does that. And I'm telling you, God is doing that in my life and helping me and working with me. But we have to do that, and we have to say, God, you need to do this in my life. Please do this in my life. And it's important because the Word says that's how people are going to know who He is. It's important, church, that we love each other, that we have mercy for each other, that we look out for each other, that we have grace for each other. That we don't make fun of each other in front, in front of the whole church. Like my daughter just did. Anyway, let the Lord teach you love. Let the Lord teach you love. Let's all stand. I've lost complete control, so we might as well go home. Lindsay, you're terrible.
When you know something funny, wait till the end of church to tell it to someone. Huh? You guys didn't have to say anything to each other. I knew... Ex- no, you didn't have to. Shh. No, don't share. Don't share. Don't share. One day, Cindy, will sh- when I die, you can share what I did. What I did. What I did. I had a moment of... I had a moment of weakness. Uh, Lord, we love you. And we love some of the people in here. Ah, Lord, we love them all. God, help us to love each other better. Help us to understand our weaknesses and to rely on your strength. And God, I pray, Lord, I pray that you would continue to do the work that you're trying to do in our church. And just do it in each one of our hearts. Help us to love you and love each other. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. Or dismissed. Thanks for coming tonight. Huh?